welcome to the Service Industry Podcast. Here, you'll learn ways to grow and scale your business, marketing strategies, and a step-by-step plan from people who have done what you're trying to do. You deserve success and freedom of your time. Now, here's your host, Matt Smith. What's going on, guys? Matt here from the Service Industry Podcast. Hope you're doing well. It is, uh, I'm recording this on a Saturday. Saturday mornings seem to be my podcast mornings. You guys know I've been putting like one out a week. And uh, this is just kind of my routine. So I'm stoked to be in the office this morning and I'm excited what we're going to talk about. I'm talking about employees today. And I think this is going to be very helpful uh, to anybody who has employees or anybody who is planning on getting them. Um, And essentially, uh, we're going to be talking about why you need to be scaling your business in order to land and keep good employees. Okay. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So stay tuned and do not bail on this. Take notes. I'm telling you guys what I'm talking about today. If you implement it into your business, it will save you endless amounts of stress, endless uh, sleepless nights. Like you will just trust me. Okay. I've been through it all and I think this will save you some headache and some time. So if you are new to this podcast, I want to say welcome to the podcast. This is a, uh, a show for anybody who owns a home service company. Now, we're all about helping you grow and scale your home service business so you can make more money and be more profitable and have more freedom of your time, okay? Uh, basically, what we're doing here is, is trying to bring you information uh, that can help you avoid crashing into walls and wasting money and doing things that shouldn't be done. That way you can do it right and you can grow your business faster. So welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you. If you are a return guest, welcome back. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you who continue to watch the show or watch, listen to the show. Um, We can see in the back end, man, the show is growing like crazy and we are getting more and more downloads every episode and we're just thankful for that. So uh, to me, that means a few things. First, it means that you guys are finding value in it, which I like. Uh, And I've had people reach out about implementing things they've learned from here, which I love. And so that's what it's all about, man. We're, uh, we're just happy you guys are enjoying it. So if you haven't left us an iTunes review, uh, I haven't checked in a week or so, but we are really close to 100 reviews. Um, and that was kind of our goal. So if you have not left an iTunes review, please, please do. It helps us reach more people, helps people understand what the show's about, uh, kind of brings uh, a good reputation to it, and just helps us reach and help more people. So if you could do that, it takes literally two seconds. It would mean the world. All right, let's dive in employees. Now, the employee thing is interesting to me because this is probably a bad thing to compare it to, but uh, like the math, I kind of compare it as a topic, like kind of to like the mass shootings going on in the United States, right? Like, like people have opinions about it. Like the left side wants to take guns away. The right side doesn't want their guns to be gone. Right. The left side believes that, you know, assault rifles are the cause of, of mass shootings. The right believe that, you know, mental illness or whatever. Right. But when you really sit down and you talk to people or you hear people like, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders was on Joe Rogan's podcast. When you really force them to tell you, okay, what would be your plan to stop mass shootings? They're just, nobody really has one because the reality is, is 
it's just not an easy problem to solve. It's just not that easy. Like, like taking guns away just isn't going to solve the problem. Uh, just, like helping more people with mental health just isn't going to solve the problem. Like you can't predict a mass shooting. It's impossible. Right. And so, so there's no answer. And I feel like, you know, and I know that's a very, very drastic example, but I feel like the employee topic is very similar. Like there's a few people out there that, that have theories and, and are, are teaching small courses on it and stuff, but like nobody's really 100% mastered it. And I believe it's just because it's, it's one of those things that's almost impossible to master. And I know that's not super encouraging, but it's to let you know, like, Hey, you're not the only one struggling. Everybody is right. And so if we can find little things that can help us keep or find better staff, that's a huge win. And I'm not saying that everything I say today is going to 100% solve your employee problems because it's not. We still have employee problems at my company. Uh, my cousin has worked for me for four years, okay? I had to fire him last week because his attitude over the last few months has been a cancer to our business. Like, how fun do you think Christmas dinner is going to be this year? Probably not very fun. But the reality is, is like, you've got to, you've got to protect your business, right? Because it doesn't only feed me and my family. It feeds all the families that work here. And so I cannot let somebody or something come into the business and hurt it. Okay. And so sometimes you just have to make hard choices. And the reality is, is nobody's business is perfect. I don't care who's teaching the course. I don't care who's selling the course. I guarantee if you went and looked inside of their company, it still gets messy with employees. And that's just because employees are tough. Like it is what it is, right? And so hopefully some of the things I talk about today uh, will resonate with you and will help you avoid some headaches, right? Anything we can do to help avoid headaches is a win. And by far, employing people will be your hardest job. Okay, hear that again. Employing people will be your hardest job. Finding jobs are easy, right? Finding customers are easy. Building a brand is easy. Like it's all pretty easy, but employing people and dealing with people is hard. And so hopefully I can help you guys make that a little bit easier. Um, the topic of this podcast is, you know, why you need to scale your business in order to find and keep good employees. I'm gonna give you some real life examples uh, of people in my company and um, why this is a true statement. Okay. Not everybody you hire is going to have the mindset of staying with you forever. And I think a lot of people expect that. Like when they hire somebody in, like as business owners, like in our eyes, we're like, dude, well, like you want to make a career of this. And it's just not the truth. There's going to be a ton. And when I say a ton, most of your employees do not have that mindset. Your company as a home service business is going to be a stepping stone for, you know, from where they're at to where they want to be. <clears throat> it is your job to help them get to where they want to go. And as soon as you understand that your business is not a forever home for most people, it will be way easier when people leave you because you understand that and you'll be okay with it. And so, 
Matt, why are you saying that scaling your business is a, a, a necessary thing when having employees to keep them and find good ones? It's very simple. Because although a lot of people that come into your company are going to use it as a stepping stone, maybe it's a summer job, maybe they're college students, may, maybe, uh, maybe they're not college students, maybe they're just there for a, a year or two, right? And, and they're, they're moving on to something new. You're going to have a handful, okay, when you get big enough, of key players inside of your business. And as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, it is your job to recognize who are these key players. Well, how do you recognize them? And what is a key player? In, in our business, a key player is somebody who does want to make a career of it, who wants to be a leader, who wants to grow with the business, who's excited about working on our team and, and wants to do bigger things, right? And so for us right now in our company, we have, you know, me and my partner, but we have three key players that we're keeping our eye on, right? And it is not uncommon to have a key player fall out of that role, right? In the beginning, in the first six months, man, they're, they're gung-ho, blah, 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 right? But they, you know, as time goes on, maybe it wasn't what they thought or or maybe their true colors begin to show and they kind of fall out of that role of being a key player. But for us, we have these three core guys that are key players inside of our business. Okay. And it is our job as business owners to give them a platform to grow. Right. And so one of these guys, uh, I actually went to school with him. Uh, he is going to be heading up our air duct cleaning division. And so it is my job to make sure I can grow that company in a way where he can grow with it and and have a, an, a legitimate career paying him good money, right? The other two guys, they're a little bit younger. They're, they're college age kids that are not going to college. And they've come to us saying, hey, you know, we went to school for a year. It wasn't for us. Um, we're thinking maybe something in the service industry, whether it's it's here at, at Dirt Hunter or maybe like a HVAC guy or, um, you know, a plumber or whatever the case is. We're thinking maybe something in trades is is kind of a better fit for us. Do you guys think that you will have positions that could, you know, essentially pay us a living wage? And the answer to that is the only way your company will ever be able to keep key players is if you're scaling. Why is that? Because if you do not have a place for those guys to go and they do not have room to grow into a living wage, they will leave and go somewhere that does. So you guys hear the the owner operator or the, you know, the two truck operation guy who wants to stay small, right? That's fine. Like I understand that's cool, but you're never ever going to find true key players and keep them inside of your business. Why? Because they simply will hit a ceiling and they have nowhere to go. So, and this is not tooting my own horn, uh, but the guy running our, our air duct cleaning division, uh, he came on, okay. Um, he's a couple years younger than I am, but we we're in the same high school together. And he's been following me on Facebook for, you know, the last five, six years. And he, when he approached me about working with us, he said, listen, like, I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about air ducts. I don't know anything about pressure cleaning, um, but I've seen what you've done and I know that you're a go-getter and I know that you just make things happen and I want to work with somebody like that, right? And so for him, he bought into the company not because of what our services are or what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, but because of his belief in the leadership team of being able to provide that role for him in the future, right? And nobody gets that role right away. 
it takes years to get there. But what I'm trying to tell you is if you want to be that small one stop, you know, one truck, two truck guy, you're always going to have a revolving door when it comes to employees. You're always going to be scratching your head wondering why people are coming and going. And it's simply because they see that there's a ceiling and they want to be a part of a company that doesn't have one or that has a ceiling that's much higher. And a lot of you guys are going, well, yeah, Matt, but you know, my guy was getting paid 12 an hour and I, I, I can pay people up to 20. He just wasn't there yet. He was only here for six months. Well, maybe he saw that you're only paying your guy, you know, the most you can pay somebody is 20. And he says, that's not going to work for me. Like, I'm not going to work years and years and years to hit a ceiling that I don't want to be at. I want to make more money than that. So I need to go find a place that can provide that for me, right? So that is step one of finding and keeping key employees. When you interview people, there is power in being able to truthfully tell them that there is room to grow inside of your company. And for a guy like me who's willing to throw all the money back into the business, that's just what happens. Like it couldn't be more true. And so for these three players, here's how I kind of do it. I say, okay, I, I know these guys are interested in growing with the company. I'm going to watch these guys extremely close. I want to know what their weaknesses are. I want to know what their strengths are. I want to know, hey, maybe this guy's a technician now, but maybe he becomes a great operations manager because he's good at, at managing people. Or, or maybe he's, you know, I've seen him upsell on jobs and talk to customers. Maybe he's actually a better sales guy. And so we get him off the truck and he begins to sell for us, right? And so you begin to look at these key players and figure out what what is their strength? What is their weakness? Where can I put them inside of the business where they're going to thrive, where they're going to enjoy things the most and where they're going to make the most money? Because at the end of the day, I don't care what anybody says, you can have the best company culture in the world. If your guys aren't making money, they're going to leave because we have to pay our bills. And at the end of the day, nobody loves your business like you do. So they're not working for you just because they love your business. They're working there because they need to make money. And that's that. So although, yes, company culture is important. Yes, all of that stuff's important that you're learning in your, your little courses. People need to make money. So figure out how to scale your business and structure your company where you can pay your people well. Okay? Paying your people well is not the only answer, but it is a part of the answer and it is a large part of the answer. Okay? And so that is why you have got to scale your company because if you do not, you just simply do not have the positions to put your key people in and they will leave and go to companies that do. Second, I wanna to talk to you guys about leadership and about what your key players are seeing, okay? This is a mistake I made just one year ago. Um, we started hiring people in year two, year three, we really scaled uh, and, and hired a lot of people. Year four, we hired a lot of people. Last year, we hired a lot of people. And we had, although we were seasonal, I would say 85% of the people came back every year, 85 to 90%. We had a really good return rate. The problem was a lot of the people that came back, as you guys know, it's hard to find good help. And so a lot of the people that came back, we should not have allowed to come back for multiple reasons, right? Whether, uh, you know, whether it's showing up late every day and, and just kind of sliding by and getting away with it, 
whether um, you know they're doing a poor job or the way they talk to a customer, uh, whether they walked off a job, what so many different things. And at the end of the year last year, as an owner with my partner, we're sitting back going, dude, something has got to change. And we said, okay, well, you know, the the business feels like like we're like we're making a bunch of money. We're scaling. We have a bunch of employees, but we just feel like we're in a tornado, right? And for a long time, we blamed it on we're just busy. We're so freaking slammed. We're busy, busy, busy. But what we realized was we had a bunch of different types of cancer in the business, and those were our employees, okay? And what happened is over the years, we had let things slide so many different times that people would see so-and-so get away with something and go, well, if he can get away with that, then I'm going to get away with this. And then they would get away with that. And although we would have a stern talking with them or or tell them that's unacceptable and that here's the repercussions if it happens again, um, we're, we were stuck in a point where we had so much work on the books that we were in a place where we felt like we couldn't fire anybody. And that's a very, very dangerous place to be because in our heads, we were actually helping the business. Although we knew that, man, this sucks having this guy here. This is helping the business because we're getting the work done. But what we didn't realize long-term was that it was actually hurting the business because all the employees inside the business were now affected with the cancer that had spread, right? And so what we ended up having to do was fire everybody except two of our guys, okay? We, we run a pretty good size operation here. Imagine going in and saying, hey guys, uh, you're all fired. Now, part of me was relieved. The other part of me goes, oh boy, what are we gonna do, right? Because we knew that the only way to really start over was to get rid of everybody that was a part of the problem. And that was the majority of our staff. And so we fire everybody and we restart this year with two guys. We recruit really hard. And would you, would you know it? Like we fill, we fill the spots fast. And I think it was part a God thing. And part was that our current employees helped us recruit and recruited a, a bunch of their friends. And uh, this year's team that we have here at our company. Is uh, I'm trying to find a good word for it. I mean, just rock stars this year, man. Like, like company culture was our number one priority. And I, I normally don't go like super deep on personal stuff, but this year for our company, we are launching an air duct cleaning division. And we said, listen, we're going to keep the exterior cleaning. Um, our goal is not to scale. We want to literally do identical amount of revenue as we did last year. So what that means is we're going to back off on advertising and all that. That way we can focus on getting this new division launched successfully, putting our money into that. And our second priority is company culture and making sure we do not allow what happened over the last few years to happen again. So anytime we see cancer beginning to grow inside the business, we cut it out and they're gone. I don't care if they have a $10,000 job the next day, they're gone. And that's what we did. That's why I had to fire my cousin a few uh, last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. And I cannot tell you, okay, and this is all going to circle back to your key players, but I cannot tell you what that has done for our business. You hear, you hear the, uh, the term, uh, hire slow, fire fast, and it couldn't be more true. 
Whenever you begin to feel or sense that that person's attitude is affecting the company, your employees don't want to work with that one guy because he's negative or because he doesn't do a good job or, or whatever the case is, get rid of him. And here's what happens in return. When you begin to do that and you begin to discipline or actually fire people that do things they shouldn't be doing, your key employees, and not just them, but all your employees are going to look at you as a better leader. Okay, when you do not fire them and you're letting people get away with things left and right, people look at you as a poor leader and they look at you as somebody that gets walked all over. Okay, I know this from experience. The difference between me and most people is I can man up and say that we messed up. Most people will just make excuses and blame their employees. But as an employer, you have to be able to man up and check people off and get them out of there regardless of what it does to your revenue or whatever. Because I'm here to tell you, yeah, you keep that guy and you do that $10,000 job tomorrow, you're going to have that $10,000. But you're going to keep doing it and six to 12 months down the road, you're going to lose way more money than that because now employees are going to be leaving. People are going to be doing things they shouldn't be doing. They're going to be costing you money and you're going to be so stressed out, okay, that you're not going to be able to handle it and you're going to want to be done. When you have key employees in place, the only two reasons key employees stay is because A, they work with somebody who is a great leader and B, they work within an organization where they can grow and they have a high enough ceiling that it meets their requirements for where they want to be in life. That's it. So focus on being an amazing leader, right? Get to know your guys. Take them out to breakfast. Care about them, right? Fire people when people need to be fired, period. Like that makes you a good leader. A lot of people think that ma that makes you a mean leader. No, 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 no. That makes you a good leader. Your guys that are doing things right, when they see that happen, they're going to respect you, okay? They're going to be on board with you. Yesterday, I get a phone call from one of my guys. He says, hey, man, I just want to give you a call, Be you know, being honest with you like I always am. We're feeling worn out. Like me and a couple of the guys, like we're tired, dude. We're, we're feeling beat up. And it's just like, like we're at a point, like it's just, we're not having, we're not having fun right now. Okay. We've had a, a busy few weeks and we're just struggling a little bit. Okay. Some of you guys right now are going, well, that's not a very good phone call. No, that's a great phone call. Why is that a great phone call? Because my guys feel connected enough to me. They feel like they can trust me. They feel like they can tell me those kind of things without me freaking out on them, without me saying, well, you just need to work harder or you haven't worked that hard or whatever the case is. No, that means that I'm being a good leader. It means that they feel like they can talk to me, right? When's the last time one of your employees called you and said, hey man, I just wanted to give you a head. I just wanted to call you and, and let you know how I'm feeling and they, they spill that on you. Not, hey, I'm quitting. Not any of that. Just, hey, dude, I'm, I'm kind of feeling this way. Like, like, can we figure something out to lessen my load for the next week until I can kind of regain my bearings or, or whatever the case is? You have to focus on being a good leader, okay? That's number one. Number two, figure out how to scale your business. Trust me, guys. If you do not do this step, you're never going to keep key people. You might get them. They might hang around for a little bit but they're going to leave. And I'm here to tell you, if you do not have key people in place, it's going to be very, very hard to grow your company. Okay. The home service business world, you need a team. You know, the e-commerce game I'm in, I don't really need a team. 
you know, me and a, a handful of people, a small, small amount of people, we can grow a large e-commerce business. But for the service world, you need a team and you need a good one. If you don't have that team, you're never going to scale. So I don't want to be a dead horse here, but I want to jump on here because if you can do those two things, if you can become a great leader and you can scale your business and raise the ceiling inside of your company, I love looking at it like that. Like what is the ceiling inside your business right now? What is the most you could pay somebody? You're going to go, oh gosh, that is not very much. Good. Let's figure out a way to make it more. Okay. The first, the first answer to that is by scaling. The second way is to assemble your business in a way where you're charging more, where you can afford to pay your people more, where you offer more value to your customers so you can charge them more. There's so many different ways to make more money so you can therefore return and pay your guys more. So hope that helps. I know that was kind of a lot. Uh, this might've been a little bit of a longer podcast than normal, but man, I just feel so strongly about it. I've been through the highs. I've been through the lows and I'm slowly figuring this game out as far as what makes employees tick and what makes them want to stay with an organization, what makes them want to leave an organization, okay? And people are going to leave you. You, you can do everything right and you're still going to have people leave. It's totally normal, okay? You're going to have people inside your business that don't really care about it all that much uh, and they're only there for a season. It's totally normal, okay? Then you're going to have a handful, one, two, three people if you're lucky that really care about the business. They love the leadership. They want to grow inside the company. It is your job to make sure those people have the opportunity to make that happen. So I love you guys. I will see you guys on the next podcast. As always, if you guys ever need any kind of print marketing, Google AdWords or Facebook ad management, hit up my company, Service Industry Marketer. Our website link is in the show notes as well as our email. You can always reach out if you have any questions and we'll always do our best to get back with you as soon as possible. Peace out. This episode of the Service Industry Podcast has ended, but be sure to check out our other episodes. Please subscribe to the podcast if it has brought you any value. And as always, don't forget to rate and review the show. Does your home service business need help getting new customers? Matt's company, Service Industry Marketer, can help. Service Industry Marketer specializes in print marketing, Google AdWords management, and Facebook ad management. Visit serviceindustrymarketer.com for more information. See you in the next episode.